Hello, I'm Rochelle Humes and welcome to the My Little Coco podcast. Every child is completely different and what they want and need is never the same. As parents trying to work, sort out the house, do the best job we can in bringing up our children, I know too well just how overwhelming that can be. In this podcast, I'm going to be speaking to my guests about their parenting journeys, what they've learned along the way and what they still need to figure out. We'll be talking about the challenges we now face as parents in the digital age, whether our upbringings have impacted our parenting styles and how to balance your career with parenthood. Before I introduce my guest, I just want to say a huge thank you to Boots Parenting Club for sponsoring this series. As most of you know, My Little Coco is stocked exclusively at Boots and as a little treat for everyone, they're offering 15% off of My Little Coco products online, excluding the 26th to the 29th of November. You just need to use the code MYLITTLECOCO15 at checkout. Right, let's start the show. Today it is my privilege to be joined by this wonderful man. Growing up as one of four in South East London, he is now a father to two, rapper, entrepreneur and TV presenter. He burst into the UK singles charts at number one in 2010 with Pass Out, selling over 90,000 copies in the first week. It went on to win Best Single at the Brit Awards the following year. He was born Patrick, but known to many of us as Tiny. I'm keen to talk to Tiny about the importance of heritage when bringing up your children, whether it's your own or others around you. And I want to find out how he does that, how he teaches and how he plans to tackle these subjects with his own children. So here's my friend Tiny on the My Little Coco podcast. I mean, it's, it's been really nice to catch up with friends and talk about being a parent because I feel like it's something that we actually never do. Like we see each other, we'll talk work, we'll talk, how are the kids? Yeah, they're good. But yeah. being, being a parent is a very different chat that I suppose we never really get to have because we're too busy doing it. Like yeah, you, don't, you don't really me. talk about the motions of it because you're just living it, right? That's it. So... First of all, I want to go back and talk a little bit about your childhood and how that looked for you. I know you grew up in South East London. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. Same as my hubby. Tell me a bit about your childhood. Um, I had a a pretty awesome childhood, to be honest. Like, I grew up in South East London, like you said. Grew up in Peckham. So I was born in Guy's Hospital. Um, I'm the oldest of four kids, so I've got two younger sisters and a younger brother. And yeah, we're from like a Nigerian household. Both of my parents are Nigerian, Ibo, to be very specific. And yeah, like we we grew up in a household that was ve- very proud to be Nigerian, uh, very hardworking. And also just from a very kind of like humble beginnings, if that makes sense, like very, Mm -hmm. very, very humble beginnings, low socioeconomic background, you know, working, parents working a couple jobs in in a day, studying, et cetera, et cetera. So actually from about the age of, I would say probably about five, six, I was already walking like my siblings to school. 
Like, I would, like, go to school with my sister. It was, like, not far from my house, probably, like, 20 minutes. You know, back then was a different time. Do you get what I mean? It but, was so different. Yeah. You're so right. But I was, like, five... You're so right. But I was, like, five or six walking my um, two younger sisters to school. We'd all used to... My dad used to say, when you guys would get to the road, all hold hands. I don't know if... Oh. I don't know why that made sense in his head, like, for safety. Because there's nothing... <laughs> just, load, just loads of kids moving yeah, together. Yeah, loads like, of but... kids in unison. <laughs> Like you can't kill them all. You can't kill them all, bad driver. But um, but yeah. So I used to do that, and that was pretty much like what I remember of my upbringing. Pretty much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you? Well, I, so I grew up in Essex with my mum. My mum was a single parent. She raised me and my sister together. Yeah. Again, worked every job under the sun, and you know, really and really did a thing to sort of make ends meet and make us feel love and like, yeah. and then. She's actually my hero because when I became a teenager, obviously still living at home, she then decided she wanted to become a paramedic. So then went back to school oh, wow. and studied. Yeah. studied. And, and I, I, look, I think now, like as an adult, just having a change of career and the studying that comes with that and running a house. And I'm lucky, you know, as you are, that I'm, I don't parent alone, right? You know, yeah, there are yeah. two very hands-on parents in my situation so I'm like how did she do it I do not know so I think my work ethic definitely comes from my mum and you know those values were instilled in me young that's so sick to hear yeah it's It's even so impressive sorry to cut you but it's so impressive because even now that like we have little ones obviously we've got into this pace of like work that we're now used to do you get what I mean and we've got like you said not only do we have someone else to help us parent but we also have a bit of support right yes we might have like a producer or a PA or someone that can make life a bit easier but I'm sure your mum didn't have that so to have so to have the motivation to then want to go and study after you've had kids you know like even just doing the nights that's oh oh my oh my goodness the nights are the craziest things I can only imagine like a single parent after doing all the nights all the changes all the feeds you know, getting the kids ready for school, still having the motivation and energy yeah. to pick themselves up and go and pick up a completely new, like, career vocation is, is is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And like you say, like, our life looks very different. And it's not just the fact that there's two parents here. It's the fact that, you know, let's be real, our finances are very different to our yeah. parents and, and the life that we experience. Do you think your childhood and, I suppose, the parenting that you, you, you learn subconsciously, whether you, I suppose, intend to or not. Do you think, has that really sort of taught you a lesson in how you raise your children? Are you trying to instill those same values? Do, do you ever talk to your kids and think, wow, I can just hear my dad? Do you know what, Rosh? I can literally hear my dad because sometimes I talk to my kid in a Nigerian accent. And I'm like, <laughs> how, I'm like how did I... Like what? I wasn't even born there, so I'm literally, I'm literally regurgitating what he or my mum has said to me, mm. and I'm saying exactly the same thing. And you know what? I, I've always like from when I started like doing music, I always surrounded myself with like slightly older people, people that were like five years ahead, six years ahead. Um, just because of that, like the fact that you know, like when you start music quite young, that's just the nature of, course. of the game, and you grow so, up so quickly, and, and you grow up so quickly. And I was always around people that would tell me because at the time it was quite a rebellious time in my life I started making music at around 
like fifth when people cared about my music anyway when it was good enough around 15 or 16 so at that stage I'm just at college I'm my parents want me to go to university and I'm rebelling and a lot of the guys I was working with at the time would say it's so funny T because when you have kids a lot of what your parents are saying to you now you're going to be saying it to them yeah and I, I, I was in such a rebellious stage of my life that I couldn't like see it at that point and I was like no like no they're you know they've had a different upbringing to me things are going to be different but like you've just rightly said like I literally do hear my mum or dad sometimes come in like being almost like channeled vicariously <laughs> yeah. through me. Um, yeah. yeah, just just to give my children like the same kind of essence that I got when I was being raised because even though I didn't really enjoy everything they said to me, Nigerians are quite strict just yeah. to put things in, in yeah. context. So it's a lot about academia. It's a lot about, you know, uh, merits, achievements, all of that kind of stuff. And if you don't do that, that can cause a big rift you know between you and your parents and, right. and their your relationship with them so yeah I, I I want my kids essentially to have the same essence that I have because I think it's kind of a big part of why I am who I am today well it, sh- it shapes you as a character right and it's probably given you those life lessons and skills to be able to work your way through this crazy industry because you've probably got that discipline within you you know that's been instilled via your parents definitely and and i i don't not only that but i have a a sense of pride and a sense of like richness in knowing who i am and who what my culture is yes like whether or not i have music or the industry or like work or offers i still have like value in myself because i know like where I've come from, and Absolutely. I know. Do you get what I mean? I know who my dad is. I know who my granddad is. I know. Well, I don't. Well, I, I don't know who his granddad is, but I can go back to the village where he came from and mm-hmm. know what he did. And just to be honest with you, I do think that 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 definitely adds texture to you as a as a person, and that's that's what I want to make sure that I give to my kids as well. I was just going to ask you that because that's something that's really important to us. And actually, Marvin, he got offered a really insane opportunity actually where he did you know the 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 show who do you think you are yeah yeah we have always been really conscious to make sure that our children are really aware of their heritage and of our heritage and where we're from and how this looks and yeah we might have grown up here but this is who we are and you know for us it's that we're a mix of two completely different cultures and we're yeah. making sure that they know all about that and so, that's beautiful and it's, and I think, and it's so important and it's really yeah. important to us as a family. So he got this opportunity to do this show and I don't always think it happens, but it's, it was like over a two year period. So they sort of teed him up and said, does he want to do it? And then it took them a year to find out, I suppose, if his story was interesting enough because they have to go back into history and find out lots of different pieces yeah. of the puzzle. And yeah. he got to go to Jamaica and find out where he's like, three times great granddad lived and worked and to the church that the generations in our family had got married and so on and so forth. And it was actually really nice for our whole family. Marvin has like 80 cousins. And and it's nice because one of them is actually in Jamaica now and he sort of paved the way and made this amazing trip. So we're all sort of doing it when we get a chance to see those wonderful things. And I think for us, it's really important, as I said, that our kids 
get that from us how, yeah. how do you make a conscious effort to know because look your upbringing and your children's upbringing is going to be different because that yeah. is life that is yeah. life life looks different but how do you make sure their heritage plays a big part in how you raise them that's that's a very very um good question and it's something i think about every day so what's really um been quite i guess prevalent in my upbringing you know the older i get and the more i look back on it i think having even just like a Nigerian name, for example, like an Ibo name interweaved in my name. So my name is, well, I've always had a Nigerian surname. So even though my first name is Patrick, whenever anyone hears the name Okogu, then everyone's like, oh, what's that? Like, where are you from? And again, that that was something that, you know, navigating society in in Britain in the early 90s, that name would, would be the butt of the jokes. Do you get what I mean? That would be a name where everyone would hear it in assembly and start laughing. I've always been proud of that name, but now I couldn't be more... Now that everyone's a lot more woke and everything, I couldn't be more proud of that name. And then, again, my middle name that everyone's always known since I, like, launched my career, Chukwuemeka, you know, you go on my Wikipedia, it's there, and it means it means God has done great for me. And as I've just got older, I've learned to appreciate, because I've always loved these names, but I've learned to appreciate the names more and appreciate what they mean and appreciate um, the identity it gives you, which which is... I could be anywhere in the world. I could be in New York. I could be in Japan. And someone will see that name and there'll be someone that's like, oh, you're Nigerian, you're Ibo, you're from this place. Like, I know that. And so I made yeah. sure that I gave my daughter um, a traditional first name. Right. You know, she's good. She's going to have everything going for her. Like you said, she's she's from a different socioeconomic background. She's going to have all these opportunities from day one that we never had. And so for me, it was important. When, when I was get, um, growing up, for me, my parents were trying to show us how we should assimilate into culture, into British culture. So it was, it, it was about, you know, being called Patrick. It was about trying to carry yourself in a way that was going to get you through society. But now, if anything, I'm like, all right, I've cut through society to a certain degree. My kid is going to be able to cut through in a m- much greater way. So give them all of the seeds that they need so that when they grow, they know who they are. And where wherever they go in the world, people will know who they are. Like we just got back from Turks and Caicos literally the other day on, 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 a, on a trip. And as we were at the airport, someone asked me my daughter's name. I told them the name and they were like, oh, you guys are Nigerian. You're, oh, you're from here. Oh, I'm Nigerian. I'm this and that. And and there was so much joy and warmth. And even though my daughter is so young, subconsciously, that's going to keep going into her mind. Absolutely. Every time, every time she hears that. And then beyond that, you know, she's not only Nigerian, she's mixed. So, you know, she has a, a bit of Mauritian in her. She has a bit of English in her also. And for me, it's just as important for her to celebrate those sides of her culture. Like we haven't taken her, but... Actually, no, she has been to Mauritius, so she's gone there. She's seen her culture. I'm still trying to take her to Nigeria. And she's still so small. She has you have lots yeah, of we time. Yeah, got, we got we got so much time. So I'm not even worried about that. But yeah, how how do you how do you guys like especially you, Rosh, like just you know, like you said, coming from like a single parent background, how do you how do you strive to do that? And what is important to you in terms of like your kids' heritage and their identity? I think It's such a good question. And I think my mum did a hell of a good job too because she, my mum's a white woman. She's from an Irish background. Yeah. And 
you know, my dad wasn't present when I was a kid. He's still not present in my life. You know, yeah. my un- my uncles were, and I had family around me. But my mum, well, his was, his brothers, his brothers were. Uh, well, no, godparents. Oh, and godparents. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but you know, from from the same back, we actually share the same background. However, yeah. she really tried to make sure that my culture was present. My grandparents were around. Um, so God his re- parents, his, his, parents. his parents. Yeah, but he kind of chose, I suppose, from a young age, not to ha- have any communication with me yeah. or, yeah, or yeah. involvement. So yeah. my mum did a very good job at taking me to see my grandparents. And, you yeah. know, I'd be there on a Saturday. And, you know, sometimes when I was younger, I probably didn't really want to go, but it was yeah. really important. <laughs> it was really important to my mum that... No, she's great for that. She's amazing. And, and, and bearing in mind, she didn't... The relationship that she had with my dad wasn't plain sailing, right? Yeah, because yeah, of, yeah. you know. So oh, she yeah. did a really good job in instilling that in me. And it, which is amazing as a white woman that that was something that was important to her, right? So, yeah. so yeah, I was, I was lucky that I really had that. And I think she overcompensated because she tried so much, which was yeah. something that I didn't naturally have around me because my, I was living with my mum who is obviously from a white family. And, yeah. you know, I was, I was the one that was very different. So I think she really sort of overcompensated, which was great. And then fast forward to however many years down the line, I met Marvin. His parents have been married for a very long time. His dad is like my dad. Like we have such a close relationship. That's beautiful. Really beautiful. And Yeah. yeah, I think... So for us, so Marvin was, you know, grew up in South East London. It looked very different to me. I grew up in a really predominantly white area. Yeah. Um, Marvin obviously didn't. He, you know, South East yeah. London, Shooters Hill is really multicultural, even yeah. back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah. So I think we we were singing from two completely different hymn sheets, but that was a beautiful thing. And I think I've always been interested in my own culture, I think particularly because I look so different to my family, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for where where kids, is your dad from? Where was he? Jamaica. Jamaica, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamaica, yeah. 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 So I, yeah, so for me, it was just really continuing the same with my children. And I think, which is great, but my kids, it looks very different, right? Because they live in a house that, you know, their mum and their dad, you know, are both of a black background. So it's very different to me anyway. So instantly... Yeah we are a family and we look the same and that yeah. is how it is. So they are kind, they are so proud. And I had a, I had a period of time last year where Alaya, she's eight now. Yeah, and wow. I had a period of time over when, you know, the tragic killing of George Floyd happened. Yeah. And they have, which I do love at the kids school, they have this thing called newsroom. Okay. And it's very censored and kid friendly. Yeah, I'm yet to embark on the school life, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hear it from you. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it's it, as I said, it's very you know it, it will be politics. It will be. She knew all about Trump, and she was like, I don't think Trump's very nice. Eight conclusion. I love exact, that. Exactly that. So it was. It's it's very filtered and and nice, but good for kids to know what's going on in the world. You know, I I don't believe we should hide things from our kids. No. So. So bizarrely, so that Black Lives Matter movement had started and she was just baffled because in our house, it's always been a celebration. Yeah. 
So it's almost, it was a really tricky situation. And you know, as these things happen, kids always catch you unawares. Yeah. And she sort of asked me, so what, so why? So do, so someone would kill somebody for being black. Wow. Like T, like yeah. what, how, you know. How do you even, and, and how I do you like to ask, think. Answer, answer, answer an that. eight year old, yeah. Right. Course. And I kind of, because in our house, we'd, we'd actually spoke about this and it was like, well, what do we do? Do we mention it? Do we, do we wait? Because I don't want her to feel ever because it's such a celebration yeah. I don't want her at a young age to walk into the room and think that could be a negative because we've then put, planted that seed right yeah yeah where it's something that she's proud of but do I want her to be armed because one day another child could say x y and z so do yeah. I want her to be armed and know that sometimes people do so it was a real tug of war with me and Marvin we kept changing our mind and then naturally she asked me yeah, and it, it it came before I was actually ready, um, and I to be honest, I can't even remember what I said properly because I was really thinking, I was just shocked on my feet, and I was really shocked. But I basically had to give her, I had to be honest because you know it's the the information is out there; she can see it for herself, and I had to be honest. And I think that was probably as a parent the hardest conversation Do you know I've what? ever had to have. Do you know what? Even just hearing that now is is so it's great because it's it just shows me that you know kids are wise beyond their years and they they can see what's going on and you know naturally especially little girls they're so intelligent and so it's just it's just I guess preparing me to yeah to 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 be ready to maybe answer certain questions a, a lot sooner than I'd anticipated. But I've got two questions for you off the back of that, yeah. So or, or sorry, what one 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 observation and then um uh one question, yeah. So the observation was, you know, again, your mum is phenomenal for what she was doing in terms of like taking you to your grandparents, making sure that you had that connection um to to your to your dad's side of the family, being a dad that's very important to me, do you get what I mean? And I guess I, I want to know your thoughts about this, but, you know, navigating through life, navigating through the society that we live in today, navigating through the music industry, like, you know, which can be crazy, uh, great at sometimes, but crazy also, um, as a black man has been very hard. And this is speaking as someone who was born in 1988, you know, that's navigating through throughout the, you know, at what, early 2000s to now basically in in adult life yeah um and so I always just think because my you know my mum and my dad are still together but a lot of people that I know you know that's not the case for them and I always think like it must have been so difficult if it's this difficult for a black man to navigate society now how difficult must it have been for a black man to navigate this society in the 70s and the 80s and it, nothing will ever justify the absence of a father, but could we at least, if we think about all the things that are still so relevant today and still need to be so addressed and yeah. taken care of, like, you know, racism, lack of diversity and inclusion, um, lack of opportunity, things that are still affecting us to this day. Unconscious Imagine bias, how, it, you know. It, yeah, it, 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 yeah, unconscious bias, exactly. You know, um, you know. nowadays we have a system where if you're looking for a job, you don't have to put your name on it, you don't have to put your race on it. But back then, I'm sure you would have had to put your name on it. So they could have seen a name like my surname, Okoku, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. decided before the guy even walked in that he was going to get an opportunity or not. Then I think about mental health. Then I think about the fact that in the last 
decade or so, the awareness and the consciousness of mental health mm-hmm. to to a mass audience is a lot more than it was back then. Yeah. So how many black men, not to make this just specific, but as a black man, I have to think, but how many black men would have in the 70s and 80s navigating through the like London, Birmingham, Manchester, you British society trying to integrate, trying to assimilate. How many of them would have just fell by the wayside because they were marginalized, they were yeah. oppressed, they had mad mental health issues, and there was just no one to help them? Do you mm, get what I mean? Mm, and or, mm. or, or very, very little help. And I'm not saying that to you for any reason to try and, you know, but I, but after you said what you said, because obviously I'm black myself and obviously yeah. I, I hear this story. It's, it's a recurring story yeah. in our culture and in our community. Yeah. It's just a it's just a thought that I had and I just wanted to share it with no, you. No, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've ever like thought about it like that or not. No, and do you know what do you know what see I haven't? So it's a it's a very valid point. And I don't well I when I say I haven't, I haven't I've thought about how hard it was and I rem- and I re- and my mum would tell me that firsthand, like because she was around my dad, right? And they were together for a while before yeah. I, I existed. And she, we, we spoke about this a lot last year, you know, and more, you know, more so than ever because of what was happening. And we were, conversations were being ignited left, right and center, which was, which was the beautiful thing to come out of last year. Yeah, Like, like you say, we've moved in such a positive direction. There's still so much to be done, but we're getting there. Um, Slowly. Slow, yeah, very slowly. Yeah, but but yeah, for me, yeah, I haven't. I suppose I've I've have I thought about it in terms of my own situation? Maybe not. No, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, it's just a thought, and it's just it's mm. something I kind of just say generally. I say it to my my friends that are males. I say it to my friends that are females. But mm. it's just something I think about because we have um, advocates of mental health now that are very successful that have gen you know earned copious amounts of money, live in a very good way. And some of these men come out on a date, or women come out and they say that they can't cope or they can't cope yeah. with life or mental. Yeah. So imagine back then and then even imagine dating a white woman back then on top of yeah. that. Not well, that saying was that tough. It's, yeah, not no. saying that it's... But that's just compounding everything. Not saying that it's acceptable because it's definitely not, but... No, but life was think, very different then. You're right. You're yeah. totally... You're you know, totally the NF, right. you know, the NF, National Front, you know, um, you know, chasing people down the road and all of that, the skinheads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a completely different thing. Um, yeah. So, so there must be so many black men in their 50s and 60s and maybe even a bit older that are traumatised, that are like yeah. little fra- like fragments of their full self because they've, they've just been beaten and flogged beaten and away mentally yeah. and physically do you mm-hmm. get what I mean by the police by the society but yeah. we, 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 we won't dwell on that then the second then the question that I have for you is going back to what you were saying about your daughter and like you know the act, act activities and the conversations that we're having in school doesn't it start before that because even with my daughter I've realised like I take her to a ballet class yeah she goes to this ballet class and like there's only a few p- kids in this class, a few girls in this class, and actually, there's one other black girl. That, um, there, there needs to be more, but I was happy when I saw one other black girl there. But then the f- a funny thing happens in this class. Um, everybody's, you know, doing their routines and you know, working out how to get their posture right, etc. And then there's just one girl. Every single time she reaches over and she just touches my daughter's hair, like always. 
Like, and obviously she's she's completely innocent. She's completely innocent. You know, they're three as years kids, old. As kids are, yeah. yeah as, as kids are. But I was going to ask you, has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened oh. to your daughters? And, yeah. And, and is that not where, I guess, you know, going back to what we're saying about identity, is that not kind of where it kind of starts? Essentially? Yeah, Within yeah. But the I think... of school and kids yeah, and... totally that. And I remember Alaya saying to me, and I, I wrote a whole kid's book around that because... Yeah. I remember Alea was very actually conscious of her hair because of, you know, the school that she went to at the time. And it was, and you know, it is a classic thing, like don't touch my hair. And I remember, I remember that was me when, when I was a kid and yes, so you're right. It definitely starts younger, but yes, it was seen as a difference for her at probably the same age from like three starting nursery four. And they, you know, and she'd be like, why are they touching my hair? Um, Yeah. And I'd be like, because your hair is so beautiful and you're, you know, and we would really like celebrate her hair. And that was, you know, yeah. and that was, and, and her, right? Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying before. Her hair, her, her appearance, her skin, her race, her background has only ever been celebrated in our four walls and in yeah. our family. As, as so should, yeah. when people touch her hair, she'd actually got, you know, as much as first of all, she was really weirded out by it, but she'd actually got her head around the fact that like, ah, this because I've got beautiful curls. Yeah. You know, and that, and that, and that was the attitude. However, when she heard about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter last year, she's like, but why would they? Yeah. But but his skin is beautiful. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, it made, so made it her more that, even confused. Yeah. As it was she's older, that was she's a, a bit more conscious. Of yes. Yes, yes, absolutely that. Yeah. I think I think it, it's all those little things that you're not, it blindsides you every time because, and also we've grown up, you know, I was born 89, you were born 88. Yeah. We've, we've, we've grown up in a very different world that we almost put it on like an armour. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, so for our kids when, and you know, where the world is moving and we're a lot more woke and we're a lot more, you know, it's, that's the one thing that I'm like, do I want them to have the armor because I don't want them to ever feel that pain or do I, or, you know, or, or do I just let them find their way because things are moving in a way that is a lot more beautiful than it was back then. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, we are moving in a progressive direction, but how I look at the world, just look at the pandemic. Do you get what I mean? And obviously that was out of anyone's control, but the way I'm looking at the world now, things are not always linear. When I was younger, I used to yes. think, oh, it's always going to get better. It's always going to get more progressive. It's always going to... But it might not always be. So all you can do is... um, Well, it's just speaking as a black man, even though this is not necessarily a conversation purely about that. Yeah. But... Like, all I want to do is arm my daughter and my the rest of my kids in the future, et cetera, et cetera, with the facts. Like, being black is beautiful. It's not like... Like, being any race is beautiful, by the way, but the melanin that we have is priceless. Is It protects us from the sun. Where people of the... where I made a song ages ago, Children of the Sun. That's us. We are children of the sun. Our brown eyes are beautiful. Do you get what I mean? That, that we, we are able to... I'm not scientific, so I'm not going to start going into all of that. But it's all right; we won't hold you. Yeah, do you get what I mean? But we're able to like look into the sky, look at the sun, and all of that. And we and we have a lot more of a, a resistance and a resilience to all of that. And there's so many other things that make Africans or people that are, you know, we're all descendant from Africans essentially, which which is the fact anyway. 
But there's so many things that make Africans specifically or African descendants beautiful that are factual. It's factual. It's not like, oh, here's a diagram and it's like Santa Claus and this it's not like you have yeah. to make up a folktale to be like No, oh. exactly. So so all I'm gonna do, whether things get more progressive or not, is arm my kids with the facts. This is what makes you these are all the special things that you you know, everyone is equal, but you're special and these are all the special because things. Because of X, Y and yeah, Z. Yeah, because of yeah. X, Y and Z and these are the facts to back it up. Like I said, I'm not gonna embarrass my Myself now and just try and say something that I'm not <laughs> I'm not adept or you know it's out of my thing no, but no, but, but arm them you know they're going to be educated enough arm them with the facts arm them with the information growing up I didn't know about people like Mansa Musa you know one of the mm-hmm, richest mm-hmm. Um, Muslim kings of all time you know <laughs> equivalent to how we see someone like Elon Musk he was already richer than this man already and he was an African man and he, he was a king and there's a story of him um, on, a, on, a, on a pilgrimage with lots of horses and it's a real story, factual mm-hmm. story and he's, they're saying that he, he gave away so much gold on his journey that he was affecting economies in certain regions and all of these stories are factual you can google yeah. them you can look and see that we have heritage and history and that is obviously you know my kid is also part english that is what i i feel in and obviously you're um part white irish that's what i feel like europeans have done really well you know i've gone to some people's houses and there'll be a picture of some old Donny that's like so old. <laughs> it's like a painting and it's on their wall. And I'll be like, who's this? And they'll be like, oh, it's like my great, 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 great granddad. And he yeah. did this and he did that. And I'm not saying that that is necessarily good or bad. But what I'm saying is I've taken notes from there and I'm like, okay, cool. It's very important to even celebrate that, celebrate what your family have done. One of my aunties, her name is Marianne Kogu. You can Google her. Marianne, actually Marianne Babangida because she got married to one of the Nigerian presidents, a guy called um, Ibrahim Babangida. And as a result, when she got married to him, our family name in Nigeria kind of like, you know, rose to another level. Yeah. And all of these yeah. things... They're not necessarily important in British culture, but by my parents telling me this growing up, I've always had this inner confidence of like, like, what do you mean? Like my grand, yeah. do you know who my granddad is? Do you know exactly. what we do? Do you know what land we have? Like, do you know? And all of these things arm you with the tools that I think, uh, you know, they're not necessarily going to make or and break your children. Going. Your children will be the same. Yeah. And that's, and that's the beautiful thing because and like you say, will. you're arming them with those stories. You're arming them. And you know what kids are like? It's a massive like, well, guess what? My mummy does this and my yeah. daddy, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, and, and to have that in their back pocket is, is always a tool for success to me. Exactly. You know, to, be, and to be proud of your roots. Exactly that. And then I also think it's important to add that um, after having like a child, it made me think in a more lateral way. So even like this property show that I've done now, Extraordinary mm-hmm, Extension, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're also... Which like, is great. Thank Which you. Is great. Thank you. You know, and Love also your, 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 everything you do is phenomenal. You know, I was in the... Um, What's it? The BBC studios the other day. And, you know, they, yeah. I went down to the basement. They got a massive picture of you on the walls and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. It's like L.A., you know, when you're in like one of those TV studios in L.A. I'm like, this is like a 10 foot version of Rochelle. Oh this is amazing. Gosh, um, so but 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 then but after I've had a kid, certain opportunities that used to come my way before that I'd be like, nah, screw this. I'm just going to stay in the studio, make songs, rap, whatever, do my thing when I want I'm like, actually, no, let me like step into this space so that my child can see 
that not only am I a rapper, but that, that there is representation in a yeah. space where someone is going to like look at properties and look at extensions, or there is a represent there is representation in a in a morning space, you know, like the space that you're yeah. you're in, or yeah. all the different amazing things. Exactly that. But yeah, it motivated me more to be like, actually, hang on, I'm not. It's not so much about me anymore. By me doing this, yes, okay, I'm going to progress myself, but I'm also going to create like a a blueprint and at least show my my kids and hopefully yeah. other kids who are from a similar background that you can look like us and be everywhere. Do you get what I mean? Exactly it doesn't just that. need to be sports or music no. or this you're not just, or that. You're, it, it's not like, oh, rap music. Exactly. Okay, that, you know, no, let's, let's see you on big bad channel for hosting do get, do you get a what i'm saying show? exactly 100%. or investing in like a tech business and being at the web summit like and doing exactly. a keynote speech there just just show them as many different things and that is how i guess it, in regards to identity they 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 become confident and and content with who they are let right let's talk now a little bit about how you found because you know that's this is all great and how we're going to handle certain situations and what we hope to do because obviously that that's like the bigger yeah. picture this is that's exactly what we want to happen let's talk about day-to-day parenting yeah in your house how does it look for you are you good cop are you bad cop i am bad cop because <laughs> because um my my partner the other incredible person raising my child is such a good cop <laughs> such a good cop I would say even too much of a good cop like yeah a pushover cop pushover <laughs> cop um, so I have to be the bad cop and I and, and also because my my child you know is in a very privileged situation you know similarly to yourself I feel like I'm being the bad cop obviously I'm being bad within reason like, of course. No, you can't have yes. sweets you know no you can't have but I feel like I'm doing it for their own good in the long term yeah you know? yeah. yeah so yeah you're 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 setting those morals and those yeah, values yeah. She, can, she can go anywhere she wants she's already you know she's three years old she's been all over yeah. the world she's been on private jets do you get what I mean she can go anywhere she wants she can buy any any, any everyone but she has so much family you know like Marvin's yeah. 80 cousins uh, but when when she gets presents I'm sure it's like your daughter's like yeah. there's like 30 presents I'm like mate I used to get one present yes exactly you know I mean let's let's rein this in a little yeah. bit so no, I, I feel you. like I'm bad cop for her for her own good yeah family. yeah no I get that and how do you think this is one this is one thing that I that I am struggling with. And I spoke to Joe Wicks about this and mm. we were saying that we're all from very working class backgrounds and yeah. our, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but we've been lucky that we're successful and we, you know, have achieved what we have. In yeah. How do we make sure that our kids learn to have that hunger and look, they might not, I want them to be whatever they want to be. It doesn't, they yeah. don't have to have a yeah. mass, massive aspiration. They might, you know, yeah, whatever it is they want to do in life, but how do we make sure they have that hunger for it? Because guess what? They already live in a lovely house. They go yeah. in a nice area to a nice school and yeah. I've got the world at their feet, which is amazing. And it's what we worked for, but how do we instill that they still have that drive? That's a great question, and it's something I think about all the time. Um, mm. And it's it's actually something very refreshing to hear from you. Um, just being a mother as well, because mm. because because typically 
for me, when I, when I speak to mothers, they're not so interested in the... From the mothers I've met, I'm not speaking about mothers yeah, generally. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. The mothers I've met and I've spoken to, they don't seem that interested in like what their kid goes off to be. But understandably, because you're a high flyer and you've achieved a lot, um, it's, it's actually refreshing, to be honest, to hear you because it's a similar trailer thought that I, I have. And um, you answered the question already, which is like, we have no control to a certain degree over what they're going to become. No. And everyone has different souls, which is what I'm starting to become more and more comfortable with. So mm. you've got you've got siblings, I've got siblings. Some of, you know, you're, I've met your siblings, your siblings, some of them, they look like you. They look like yeah. you guys are carbon copies of each other. <laughs> Literally and, copy and paste. Yeah, and I've, I've met some of them and they're great. They're all incredible. I don't know them to the extent that I know you, but, you know, mm-hmm. in the most respectful way, they are them and you are you. There's a there's, yeah. there's a reason why everyone has chosen their individual path and it's yes, because yes, they're all yes. individual souls, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and that's, that's how I feel about my family. At one stage, I was like, oh, everyone needs to jump on this music bandwagon. We're all going to, we're going to make Motown. We're going to change the game. It's going to be a family run business. It's got to be like this. Then after a while, I started to realise I was like dragging, you know, using that metaphor of dragging the horse to the water, to the stream, but trying to get the horse to drink the water. And then it wasn't happening. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Because that's your passion. Yeah. Because that's your soul. Thank you. Yeah. So, So all you can do, yeah, is, like for me, I'm just going to speak about how I'm going to approach it. All I can do is let them know where I've come from. I think w- with you guys, obviously, you're both super hardworking. And so it's just going to bleed into your, the culture of your family because they're going to see mommy has to get up to do this. Daddy has to get mm, up to do that. Mm, they're going mm. here. And, and actually, some people might reject it and go the opposite way. Because it might be not traumatic, but it might be like over uh, overwhelming. Overwhelming. They'll be like, forget that. I yeah. saw my mum. <laughs> yeah, like she worked way too hard. Like Whoa. I don't, I don't want to do that. Some people might, might do that, and that's understandable. But I reckon more than likely, um, that culture will continue to to remain in your family. For me, I, I I I'm in a similar situation, but slightly different. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna make sure. My kids know that they're Nigerian, they're Mauritian, they're English, but at the majority, they're African. And I'm going to make sure that they know the state of Africa. Yeah. And they know yes. they know yes. what is going on in Africa currently. And then if they if they feel African, then anyone that feels African will know that, OK, you have to have a motivation because at the, like Africa is still it has all the potential in the world but it's still being exploited in the way that it was exploited hundreds and hundreds and hundreds yeah. of years ago. But just, yeah. yeah, just in different ways and just with more... I don't on know, a different leg- scale. Yeah, on a different scale mm-hmm. with more legislation and this mm-hmm, and that and that mm-hmm, and that. Mm-hmm. So then, and then I'm going to... I feel like I've worked very hard in the same way that you have, that I've, you know, across so many different sectors and so many different industries, um, I have incredible net- uh, network, incredible relationships... And a lot of those people are a, a diverse pool of people. Mm-hmm. White, black, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gay, straight. Do you get what I mean? Old, yeah. young. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to surround her with the very best of those people yeah. or their or their networks and their infrastructure or their businesses and be like, look, this is all daddy's friends. These, This is all what they do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And this is why we're friends. And yeah. you, ha- you have an opportunity to go down any of these routes that you want and everybody will kind of help you to do so. And then beyond that, everything I'm working hard for the, to, to, to give to them, 
I'm going to make sure that I protect them from it. And that's also like another important part. Yeah, that's because, mad. Yeah, because, you know, coming from where we've come from, yeah, it's it's such a joy to be able to give your kid everything. and But you can overdo it. And so for me, it's important to uh, find methods that whatever money you give them, even if you leave your kid £10 or you leave your kid £10 million or you leave your kid more than that, that you 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 structure it in a way that they own that they rely on it when they need it as opposed to when they just want it and that it's that is structured in a way that they can't just access it all in one time yeah of course and i mean? think totally that and i think also it's letting them know that you know like for example like my kids will go and have sleepovers at their cousins and um, i remember the first time that like you know, when Alea went to my mum's house, she was like, Nanny, why is your house stuck to other houses? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. and, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, and explain showing her where I lived. And I think it's yeah. really not letting them know that like this sort of middle class society is not, is not the way that everybody lives. And actually your cousins aren't lucky enough that they get X, Y, and Z constant. And I think it's, letting them be aware of their privilege too. And I think that's absolutely that's what's really absolutely. important. Uh, yeah, I, I, sorry, just to, just to add on that, you're absolutely right. Like I grew up in Peckham. A lot of my family are still in Peckham. You know, obviously Peckham, Peckham's a completely different place, but they are still in Peckham to a certain degree. And, you know, it's important. My, 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 my daughter could be in the countryside or she could be in the south of France somewhere, but also she could be in in a house in Peckham, do you get what I mean? Yeah. With with her with her cousin that's, you know, grown up in a similar way that we have grown up and she she will get a balance. Yeah. And that's when I always think, you know, she could like work for anywhere. She could go and run the country. Because she can she's gonna yeah, have, she can see the yeah. world. She can see the yeah, world. She can see the and world. That's what's exactly. important. I'm going to do a little thing now that we call my little questions. These questions are straight from Alea. Thank you, Alea. I don't have any involvement in this. So thank you, Alea. I will play them to you now. Hi, Tiny. You dress really cool. How many pairs of trainers do you have? (laughs) Oh, thanks, Alea. That's so sweet. Which is ironic Um, because this isn't visual. This is just audio. But I'm talking to teen out over zoom and i can just see a trainer collection behind you oh my goodness bear trainer wow oh my god so many yeah there's so a- many here and then there's more here. oh my gosh yeah oh yeah, wow it's like it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and this is just one room of trainers there's more what so if you had to give a yeah. ballpark figure how many do you reckon what are we talking um i i don't know i would say under a thousand because i give <laughs> i give a lot away <laughs> So under under a thousand, but definitely over like five hundred pairs of trainers. I love the way that you downplayed that. It's definitely under a thousand. Yes, yeah, under a thousand pairs. But I give. I'm always giving away like trainers and like yeah, yeah, doing all of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens when you've got siblings in a big family. That's it, man. They're not That's your it. own, right? She's That's she's it. got a couple more. I love rap music and my mum said that you have to be very good at English at school. Were you very good at English when you was a little boy? Oh, that's a great question, Elia. Um, I got a 
B, GCSE for English Lit and English Lang. So what good. is it? Yeah, yeah, B, so... Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. that's all right, I guess, yeah. Because I was saying, she was talking about how much she loves rap music and she's saying that, you know, I might like to be a rapper. Yeah, why not? And I said, well, well, if that's what you want to do. And then I said, do you know that you have to be, you, you know... Rapping is wordplay, so you need to yeah. knuckle down in English. You've got to know your words, know your grammar. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, you've got to be in control of the language so you can manipulate it to do what you want it to do. So, yes, you're right. Yes. You're very right. So, what Uncle Tiny is saying is do your homework. <laughs> do your homework, Aliyah. It's going to pay off in the long run. Exactly. Right, last one. I heard you rapping on my daddy's tour. Do your children listen to your music? That's a lovely question. Um, and actually, I saw the... I saw on my stories, loads of people were sending me like that verse on, on Eyes Wide Chart. Yeah. So the, the, tour, the tour is looking incredible. And Ali, it must have been so cool to see your dad at the O2. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's like uh, such a huge moment. I wish I can give that moment to my daughter as well. That must have been amazing. But um, yeah, uh, do my kids listen to my music? Yeah, they do. Um, my my daughter my daughter loves uh she loves one of my songs that I released more recently actually called Montclair. So if you haven't checked that one out, check it out. But I don't know whether she loves it because she's so in love with the song or the video for it I shot during the pandemic, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. So it was an animation. Ah. Uh. It was like an animation. So when she saw it, it's like an animation and it kind of looks a little bit like mummy and daddy in the animation as well. Ah, uh, right. So she's, yeah. yeah. So, so she's she- like, Wow! Yeah, and oh, there's a there's amazing. one of there's a dog in there. Pablo's in there, so, I so maybe think... maybe that's your next project, kids animation. But it, do you know what? I, I it's like you've teed me up for it. But I am working on a kids animation. We're yeah. actually talking to a massive, massive company at the moment that we're partnering up with um, to do the deal. But it's it's loosely. I don't want to get too into it, but no, basically loosely based around like the same reality concepts that we watch about families mm-hmm. but trying to do that in the animation basically and Amazing. yeah hopefully 2023 it should be out so <gasps> oh, yes well, I, look at and me i I'm work like... on the music and all of that stuff oh, it's gonna be great there's my guy there's there my we guy go. so lastly we do uh, something every week called My Little Tips. And we normally base it around the chat and the theme of the episode. But I'm going to leave yeah. this one open to you because being a parent in this mad world, we all take something different from it. I would like to know if you could give any tip to a new parent, Yeah, what would it be? Um, okay, so actually, this this is good because I'm going to use this to also ask you a question because with yourself and Marv's, I remember there was a stage where you guys were like super private, like with everything, like super private. Yeah. Um, and there was lots of emojis over like the like the kids' yeah. faces, back and of the heads, back of the yeah, heads. back of the heads, lots of obscure angles. And then at one stage, you made a conscious decision. And actually, I, you know, I follow you guys quite closely. So I remember it. there was like a state, you guys made a statement about yeah. it, right? And it yeah. was like, we've actually made this decision consciously. So in my mind, where I'm at now, I'm still at the stage you were at before. Yes. Where I'm like, no one can see my kid. Like, do you know what I mean? No one. And, uh, and, and going back to tips, that is my, that is what I believe 
my advice would be to a new parent because the temptation is is, is so there. And obviously, people love looking at kids. Do you get what I mean? So at the end of the day, when people see kids, then you get likes. And then when you get likes, it's a dopamine rush. And then, like... Then you don't know. It's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? The egg? Am I putting my kid up? Because is this the I'm right the thing to do? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and is, it, is it the right thing to do for them? So, so my question is, when did you make that conscious? I, well, I know roughly when you made that the conscious yeah. decision, but what was the change? And w- w- what's the difference between where you was at before, which is where I think I'm at now, basically? Okay. So for me, I at the start of last year... We, so it's only been like a year now. I think it was like, I, I remember it. I remember it was just after the new year and then we went into lockdown. So yeah, when we got married, I got pregnant not long after and in, Instagram hadn't been yeah. around for long at all, it felt like. So it took me, Alaya yeah. was then seven. So it took me about seven years <laughs> to feel, yeah, to feel comfortable know. with anybody. So I just felt very like lioness mode and this was my decision to live in this crazy world it's not hers she might not and I don't want anybody to see her and I don't want anybody to comment on her and and I was coming from and I remember there was an article when I was pregnant and there was like you know just random trolls that and they'd said something about my unborn baby and it was like Mm. absolutely never exposing her to this world yeah um so it took me a really long time to feel comfortable with it I think I was then, from a from a me point of view, my life became obscure in her. From a from a me point of view, but this was all actually from Alaya. And I remember I'd asked the school to not show her in any way or form. So, like, if the school won an award, I would say, if you know, I, yeah, I that's what I'm about. Yeah. to do. that's what I'm in the process. Yeah, of doing I don't now, want yeah. her in the magazine. I don't want you know, and. So that was my decision. There was one day where the school had won an award and they were all lined up, the whole school lined up for a picture. Oh. And just as the ba- they were about to take a picture, they were like, oh, actually we can't have a layer in this. And, oh. and pulled her out. And maybe, listen, they were doing what I'd asked them to do and they remembered last minute that actually, and that someone had remembered what I'd asked. But it was done in a while and she'd and she come home and she was really upset. And she, yeah, yeah, and she felt like, why can't oh, I be in the goodness, picture? Am yeah. I not, you know? And she had to go in the room and do some colouring. Mm, mm. And I then said, right, okay. So that they actually, the next day, pretended for me to do it again because I was so devastated that she was so upset. Oh, that's so sweet. So, of they, them. so I know. So they'd done it again. And then I just said, look, as long as it doesn't name her. So, you know, it was a massive school. Her head was probably the size of a yeah, pinprick yeah, in this yeah, yeah. Like, nobody knows who she is. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah. And also, nobody actually knew what her face looked like anyway. Yeah, so yeah, it was so actually fine, all right. Fine, yeah. so, uh, rather than her feeling like it was something that she may have done. Yeah. Fast forward to the boy, JLS and the boy is going to announce their tour. They were talking about doing a documentary around the tour. Mm-hmm. And Marv said, look, what are we going to do? This is a big thing for her. She's excited. She's actually the eldest of the kids, so she understands everything. Yeah. But we but we don't show the kids mm-hmm. and the, all the other boys do. Mm-hmm. So that was another conversation. And then it was asking my friend's muck, because believe me, they twig this quicker than you think. My friend's mum's told me that I'm not on your Instagram. Why am I not on yours? Because they're on theirs. Oh, wow. So, so, that starts to happen, yeah? Oh, honestly. Oh, my goodness. 
And when they have older cousins and it just became a thing that I felt like I was, I know about it now. So look, then she's not going to be on my story all day long and I'm never going to put up where we are when we're there. It might be once I've gone home or it might be weeks after the picture's taken, but she is a big part of my life. She's, well, the kids are my whole life. And I felt like I was perhaps being too overcautious, actually, to the point where, to the point where, it actually wasn't fair. So maybe I was doing too much. And I, I look, like anything, I'm a parent. I want to know what I'm getting myself in for. Maybe it just took me a long time to say, okay, I understand how to use this tool now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah, chuck her enough. out there and, you know, before I know what this world is and I can handle it. And yeah, it might be the odd thing. It might be every day that week, but I'm in control of it. And I think it was that for me. Well, that's so helpful to hear you say that, actually, because, you know, what? up until just this second, I'd never looked at it from the perspective of, like, my child. Do you get no, me, me get, Yeah, when they get to that conscious age where your decisions actually might affect, like, the, obviously your decisions ultimately will always affect the way that they feel, but because of your um, profile or your privacy, you know, actually removing them or excluding them from certain regular activities that are actually part of like being a kid or just you know feeling feeling normal actually yeah. that yeah uh, you heard my reaction I, I wouldn't know what to do if my daughter came to me and said oh why can't I be in this picture or this, exactly this and then you start school. to feel a little bit yeah mean and it's all and I actually interestingly Paloma Faith was my guest a couple of weeks ago and she's done the same thing she was like I didn't I probably got myself too and it became an obsession almost like, no, they can't see the kids. And, they can't. and I was in my own head with it where actually I've relaxed on a lot of that now. And she was like, I didn't even want to say to the media if I'd had a boy or a girl because I didn't want anybody to know. But she was like, I was probably just very hormonal and protective that. Yeah. It, you know, but, it, but it must come from a from from a real place. And I always just think, it does, you know, not, it does. not to get political, but I'm like, we don't even know how many kids the, the prime minister has. The Prime Minister right now, we don't know how many kids he has. We don't know whether they're boys, girls. We know we see some of them sometimes. But that but that was always a thing for me because like and obviously you've definitely helped me out in this and I I'm sure my daughter's gonna make the decision as she grows older anyway, but like uh, the way I look at it sometimes is if we don't know how 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 many kids the Prime Minister has, the person that's running our country, the person that we look to to give us the answers or the I, the direction in, in which we're moving forward, then why do they need to know, like, how many kids you've got or I've got or... Yeah. Some, yeah, and... Some and, and you get exact, what I mean? Exactly, but I think sometimes we also need to, like, and I think for, for me, and that's what I really realised, that it's not about just us anymore. And for me, it was almost like, she's mine. I will decide when I feel it's right. But actually, she decided for me. Yeah, yeah. Which is which truth. which which is the truth of it really. Mm. So my clean tip to new parents is communicate about everything. When you're feeling upset, when you're not feeling yourself, when you're not even feeling attractive, communicate it because so many different chemicals in our bodies are flying around at the time. You know, I'm not going to speak on behalf of a woman, but I know that just being being in that situation, there's so many different moods and so many different emotions that are flying around. And if you can't communicate and let people know when you're having a good day, a bad day, when you need extra support, when you don't need that much support, when you need a cuddle, when you need a kiss, when you need a compliment, if you can't communicate all of that, you're going to 
build up a lot of stuff in your mind. And so just communicate, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. No worries. This has been so nice. It you has. You are a fountain of knowledge and you don't even realise. I don't realise, mate. No, I you don't. don't. Honestly, <laughs> you are like giving us tips throughout. It's brilliant. I appreciate um, it. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So nice to talk to you. I'm glad we finally got to do it, Ross. We've only known each other a decade plus. I know. That's the first time we've actually spoken on anything. Isn't it? Actually, it's the first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Amazing. today's a good day. Thank you so much to Tiny. That was pure joy. Such a beautiful conversation. I will be back next week with another fantastic guest. So make sure you follow the My Little Coco podcast wherever you get your podcasts to guarantee that you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. Also, leave a comment to let me know your thoughts on the episode. For more helpful products and inspiration on all things baby, visit the advice section on boots.com today. You'll also receive helpful advice and inspirations completely tailored to your stage of pregnancy or for the age of your child. And if you download the Boots app, you'll receive digital offers too.